0: So join me in discovering the variety of things being created as Bitcoin rubs up against other systems. Oh my God, it's 10, 12 a.m. Pacific Daylight Time. It's the 28th day of April, 2023, and this is episode 715. 715 of Bitcoin, and I can't believe I'm 15 shows in from show 700, which was pretty much the only time that I verbally identified that that may actually be some kind of, you know, a landmark, uh, you know, a, a road sign that I'm on somehow or another on the right track, or, 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 I'm just too dumb to realize <laughs> that I should quit and go, I don't know, chop down trees in the forest or something like that. Who who knows? No, no, no. I'm I'm just, I'm, I'm actually kidding. I really do recognize that I'm kind of, I'm kind of permanently embedded. I can't think of not doing this. That's what's so weird about it. You know, it's like every once in a while you start doing something and you're like, oh man, I really like this. And then you're a year or two into it and you're like, uh, I don't know, man, this may not uh, actually be the thing. But this one, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be able to get away from this. I, I really, I really don't. So now I got to figure out a way to actually make it pay the bills, which is fine. I mean, every other people do it. I, I, you know, it's, it's, I've seen it done. I've seen it done. So therefore I know it can be done. Holy shit. You know what I forgot? I forgot coffee. Hold on. I'll be right back. Mmm. That's some good poison bean juice. I hope all, all the guys over there on Noster's coffee chain are enjoying their, their day as well. So yeah, coffee. I can't, that I, I kind of can't do the show without. Is it poison? Sure, it's poison. Should I stop drinking it? Yeah, I probably should stop drinking it. Am I going to? No, screw off. I'm going to drink my coffee. Hmm. So now... Do I have anything that I need to announce? I don't think so. It's Friday, Friday, Friday. Let's start Friday with this one from Bitcoin Magazine. BTC Casey is writing this one. A new website lets you search for a full text on the Bitcoin blockchain. And you know what? That's actually the last one I'm going to do. I'm not. I'm, I'm hot, baby. I'm ready to roll and didn't even, you know, apparently realize that I actually have this set up in order. So scratch that. However, it is still Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey. Greenridge, Greenridge Generation completes deployment of 9,150 Bitcoin miners, of which 6,914 will be hosted with Core Scientific. Green Ridge Generation Holdings has signed a hosting agreement with Core Scientific Incorporated in which Core Scientific will operate and host 7,000 Green Ridge owned Bitcoin miners at its facilities in Dalton, Georgia and Calvert City, Kentucky. Quote, The agreement with Core Scientific completes this phase in our strategy to deploy 9,150 miners that Green Ridge owns. And we believe this agreement will significantly improve our profitability as we move forward, put a tie on the suit speak, said Dave Anderson, CEO of Green Ridge. Quote, we are very pleased very pleased to deploy these miners at CORES facilities, which have favorable power cost and a track record of excellent operational performance, end quote. In addition to the hosting agreement, Green Ridge announced the installation of an additional 1,500 company-owned miners at the company's existing facilities across the country. With the combination of these two initiatives and the previously announced agreement with Conifex Timber Incorporated, Green Ridge expects to generate approximately $7.5 million of incremental annual profit, according to Anderson. Matt Menace, co-founder of Core Scientific, expressed his excitement about the partnership, stating, quote, Green Ridge is a proven operator in this industry and we're excited to partner with them and host their miners. We believe this is a win-win for Core and Green Ridge. uh, Win-win. You just uh the corporate speak. I just I hate it. I hate it. I you see, I can smell it from a mile away, dude. The hosting agreement is set to be a one-year agreement between Green Ridge and Core Scientific and includes a proceed sharing component to recognize the contribution of miners by Green Ridge and the infrastructure and operating expertise provided by Core Scientific. So mining marches on even though hash rates have been falling lately. And well, okay, look, let's let's Pull that apart. When I make statements like that, I should really say the following. Generally speaking, hash rate falls after a difficulty adjustment, especially when the difficulty adjustment goes up. All right. So we had a positive difficulty adjustment. uh, I don't know, a week and a half ago or whatever. Uh, We got another one coming up on May the 4th be with you. But like yesterday, you know, it was 310 exahashes per second, which is well off well, well, well off the highs. And yet you read stories like this, that people are just plugging in miners all over the damn place. So as to w- how you can plug in more miners and get less hash rate, I think that that's just the maturity of the industry that Bitcoin mining has become. It's, it's mature. It's, it's, it's past its prepubescent stage, right? It's Now it's this stinky-ass teenager that you got to deal with for a couple of years until the hormones get lit out. So, yeah, you're going to get more people plugging in miners. You're going to get people pulling old miners and replacing them with new miners. you got all kinds of shit going on. you got regulatory uncertainty everywhere on the freaking planet. And the only people that seem to just not give a shit about anything is China and Russia, which I'm pretty sure are mining their little asses off, even though China... Banned Bitcoin mining. Yeah, they'll ban it for your ass. No, yeah, they'll, they'll mine it themselves, though. Hold on, more coffee is in order. Mm-hmm. All right, <clears throat> let's get into this next one. <clears throat> Bitcoin price holds 29K as US PCE data sparks a 90% Fed rate hike bets. All right, so again, I try not to get too much into the price, but this one is talking about the relationship between Bitcoin price and macroeconomic data. I think that this is worthwhile and William Suberg will line us out from Cointelegraph. Bitcoin stayed choppy at the April 28th Wall Street Open while United States macro data conformed to expectations. Data from Cointelegraph Markets Pro and TradingView showed BTC-USD pair fluctuating around the $29,000 mark on Bitstamp. United States Personal Consumption Expenditures, the PCE index data, tipped as the macro event of the week. Failed to deliver a performance catalyst as numbers broadly conformed to what markets had already priced in. Quote, The trend is our friend, however, core sticky for now, hovering at 4.6% since December, financial commentator Ted Talks Macro responded, adding in a Twitter comment that the latest numbers were, quote, overall, nothing to shock the market. United States equities thus showed little movement at the open, while for Bitcoin, Binance, order book data showed modest bid liquidity moving towards spot price, compressing potential volatility. Attention increasingly focused on the macro events of the coming week. These headlined by the Federal Reserve Interest Rate Decision. Yes, we've got yet another. Another Fed rate decision is on the horizon, ladies and gentlemen. As noted by Financial Commentary Resource, the Cobesi letter, already strong odds on a further rate hike only gained momentum on the back of the PCE print. Quote, interestingly, odds for another 25 BPS or basis points rate hike in June are building up to 28%, part of Twitter analysis stated. Quote, however, at least two rate cuts are expected this year. The Fed still has not said that they support any rate cuts this year. Next week will be huge, end quote. According to CME Groups, Fed watch tool, a 0.25% rate hike was a 90% certainty at the time of writing, up five percent versus the day prior. With little certainty in BTC price action, meanwhile, traders focused on the longer-term trend. Jelly already confident that well, gel J-E-L-L-E, whoever that is. Already confident that major downside would be avoided, flagged new trading range for BTC-USD pair with a possible slow bleed to just below the $29,000 mark. Popular trader and analyst wrecked capital zoomed out further, eyeing a potential repeat of historical bullish trends to confirm the end of last year's bearish trend. Quote, Bitcoin has already broken its downward trend. Now it's all about continuing the new uptrend. Whether a retest is needed is not the question. He tweeted on April the 27th, but, quote, but history suggests the midterm to long-term outlook looks bullish. Yes, we're always bullish. Okay, so half of that was bullshit, but the real meat and potatoes here was the PCE data kind of confirming that the the Fed is probably going to raise rates on their next meeting. Yet another quarter of a percent increase What's that going to do? Okay, you've got treasury bonds, the the treasuries, the instruments, right? The United States treasuries is, and we talk about the United States dollar being the global currency or the global reserve currency, right? What we don't normally talk about, and you never hardly ever hear it, is that the United States treasury is the world's reserve asset a currency and an asset are not the same however the united states has world reserve status on both the asset and the currency right we talk about the world reserve currency a lot and we're going to be talking about it a lot more but it's almost never mentioned that the treasury the united states treasury The, the bond or you like the 10 year bond, the two year, the five year, those are instruments. Those are asset instruments. And we hold world reserve status as far as the asset is concerned, which means everybody holds them. Our banks, other banks, other governments, our, I mean, you name it, dude, that shit is out there and it's toxic. Why is it toxic? It's like think of going all the way back to two thousand and eight and the toxic debt. The Treasury is now acting like toxic debt. Everybody has exposure to the world asset, world reserve asset, the U.S. Treasury. Okay, when they raise rates, it pushes the value, the bond, the bond at the price that you buy the bond at. It pushes it down. So if you're sitting with a shit ton of the world reserve asset on your books and suddenly you lose 5% of the value overnight because Jerome Powell decides to get his panties all in a snit and raise the rate by 0.25%. And I'm not sure if that equals a 5% drop. All I do know, all I do know is what happened after the last Fed rate hike, Silvergate, Silicon Valley Bank, all these guys that had the World Reserve asset on their books, basically backing their institutions, fell on their ass and they had to sell at a loss and it caused a bank run. And here's Jerome Powell poised to pull that trigger again and get rid of the rest of the banks. You've already got First Republic, the 13th largest bank in the United States. When, when Silicon Valley Bank fell and "That was the largest bankruptcy ever, that was the 16th largest bank. First Republic is three spots higher than Silicon Valley Bank. And they're probably not even going to survive until till the day that Jerome Powell makes that decision, the Fed rate hike decision. And they're not going to go down. They will either keep it level, but more likely they're going to raise by a quarter of a point that will push the value of the world's reserve asset down. What's going to happen then? Just ask yourself, man. Be prepared, ladies and gentlemen. Be prepared. Balaji, probably prepared. Yeah, Balaji Srinivasan. Srinivasan? Srinivasan? I don't know how you pronounce Balaji's name, so I'm just going to call him Balaji. He explains... The $1 million Bitcoin bet rationale says it could take 90 months, not 90 days. (laughs) Jamie Crawley from Coindesk, I kind of figured this was going to happen. Entrepreneur Balaji explained the rationale for his bet that Bitcoin could reach $1 million in price by June 17th of this year during Coindesk's Consensus 2023 uh, conference. Balaji, the former chief technology officer of Crypto, Sorry, excuse me, of crypto coinbase crypto exchange coinbase. They actually say uh, chief technology officer of crypto coinbase. That's kind of funny, who is credited by many for predicting the effects of COVID 19 earlier than most, predicted stupendously bullish prospects for Bitcoin in response to the devaluing of the United States dollar with prospects of it reaching one million dollars ninety days from March the seventeenth. Quote. Could it be that it takes 900 days or even 90 months? It's possible. I don't have 100% probability on it, Balaji said on Friday. Quote, I may be wrong, but I'm burning a million dollars to tell you they're printing trillions, end quote. And I think that's the takeaway from this entire thing. He described his prediction as a symbol of, quote, the collapse in full faith and credit of the United States financial system owing to a proliferation of money printing by the government to prop up a fragile fragile banking system. Relating the chances of Bitcoin reaching $1 million to the probability of some sort of black swan event in the United States economy, Bellagi said he thinks there's a 10% chance of a very serious issue within months, a 70% chance of one of those in years, and a 90% chance within decades. Quote, so I don't think it's 100% but the specific number I think is high as I see a lot of fragility in the system. Okay, so there's Balaji's rationale. And I'm not going to give Belagi any shit about this because I knew, I was pretty sure, gut feeling here, but I was pretty sure that Balaji knew that the chances of Bitcoin hitting a million dollars in 90 days was kind of fantastical. Because here's what happens if Bitcoin hits a million dollars in 90 days. Well, let's see, you're talking about, you're talking about, oh, you're talking about it overtake, Bitcoin overtaking the market cap of everything but gold, the United States dollar, possibly the Euro. Um, Yeah, the, the, what happens in a scenario like that is blood runs in the streets and buildings are on fire. (laughs) You don't want that. You really don't. You re- I mean, if you hold Bitcoin, of course you want million dollar Bitcoin because it means that you can go do things. But if you're going to go do those things in the middle of a town that's burning down around your ears, that doesn't sound very much like very much fun. Oh, I'm gonna, I, I can now afford a private helicopter ride into Central Park in New York City and I'm gonna go eat at Tavern on the Green. Well, that's great. You know, but how many people are gonna be out there just generally molesting the city because they, are, they don't have Bitcoin. And now all the money that they have is essentially rendered worthless. That, that's not a good scenario. So that's the only part of Balaji's bet that I had a real difficult time going, you're kind of being irresponsible here, dude, but Balaji can do whatever Balaji wants to do. I ain't here to tell Balaji what to do. Besides, even if he was listening to me, he'd say, fuck off, dude, I'm Balaji. <laughs> and he's got and good for him. I'm whatever. But the other part of the story is that, and I always thought this, that he's not making a bet because he expects to win the bet. He doesn't need to win the bet. and it's not going to hurt him when he loses this bet, and he will lose this bet. He's making a statement. It's like, and I think I said it before, but this is very much like the scene in Batman when the Joker was being played by, what, Joaquin Phoenix, who did, was it Joaquin Phoenix that did, no, 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 um, that guy from New Zealand, the guy that died, uh, I can't remember his name right now, uh, Heath Ledger, <clears throat> Heath Ledger's, by the way, Heath Ledger's Joker, best Joker ever, I liked Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, but Heath Ledger had that shit nailed down. That scene when he's pouring gas on this massive pile of money in a warehouse and he lights it on fire and the guys are like going, what are you doing? And he's like, it's not about the money. It's about sending a message. And Balaji's doing that. The only problem with Balaji's bet is that he doesn't keep it in the news. (laughs) He's not doing a good job marketing this bet thereby marketing the symbology that he's talking about that we're printing trillions of dollars and this is not good for anybody. And the only beneficiary of this is something like Bitcoin. How long that takes is anybody's guess, but it sure shit ain't in 90 days. Bitcoin ATM provider CoinFlip launches new Olive self-custody platform. Olive is spelt O-L-L-I-V, because apparently Bitcoiners just can't freaking spell. I I don't know what it is with us, but we're constantly bastardizing proper spelling and English and whatnot. Anyway, CoinFlip, oh, Bitcoin Magazine, written by BTC Casey. CoinFlip, a major Bitcoin ATM provider has launched a self-custody powered crypto platform called Olive. All of aims to provide a frictionless way for customers to buy, sell, send, receive, and swap assets secured securely stored on a self-custodial wallet, according to a press release sent to Bitcoin magazine. The company seeks to welcome new investors to Bitcoin by serving as an on-ramp for those they educate through its functions as a beginner's exchange. So keep this in mind. This is, they're, they're kind of couching this as the, like kindergarten exchange kindergarten level exchange, right? So let's read on. Leveraging CoinFlip's existing network of crypto ATMs and customer services, Olive serves to bridge the gap between physical and digital investing, expanding accessibility to this emerging technology, the press release states. CoinFlip currently operates one of the largest Bitcoin ATM networks in the world, seemingly building off of this the company says it plans to offer an intuitive interface for secure transactions as well as 24-7 live customer service in addition to providing educational resources via user-friendly content features. Quote: We envision a future where everyone can participate in the digital economy and utilize their holdings to make everyday purchases and gain access to previously hard-to-buy assets such as precious metals real estate and energy, without the need for frustrating third-party intermediaries, said Rory Harriman, Chief Technology, Digital, and Strategy Officer of CoinFlip. Uh, Quote, Our vision for Olive is to innovate and break down barriers around safety, security, and sovereignty to empower people to invest and give them individual ownership of their assets thanks to the accessibility that cryptocurrency provides, end quote. Olive is available for residents in the United States (laughs) uh, and Puerto Rico except for Alaska, Iowa, New York, Oregon, Nevada, Arkansas, Louisiana, and Vermont with intentions to expand in accordance with local regulation. All right. So Olive, you know, hats off to you, pal. But doing business in the United States, even as a United States company, is going to make you cry. You're going to cry. I want you to succeed. I'm not hoping for your failure, but dude, it we've got to stop fucking with the United States. It's, I, I don't, okay, I get it. But the only way that I get it is this. You live in the country, you were raised in the country, you have no intention of leaving the country, I know this has nothing to do with patriotism for the country. It's just that this is where you do business. But it's become clear that the United States is not interested in not only doing business with Bitcoiners and Bitcoin companies, but anything. You can't do anything. You can't sell a cigarette to a United States citizen from fucking Spain without the USS Ronald Reagan parking itself off your goddamn shores. They'll just drone strike your ass because you had the gall, the unmitigated foresight to say, you know, maybe an American might want my product. And it has nothing to do with Bitcoin. It has nothing to do with cryptocurrencies, completely legacy bullshit. And yet you get, you're, you're gonna get axed because the United States doesn't want anybody doing business with us. They don't want anybody doing business with its citizenry. They've completely walled themselves off. It's it's horrible to watch us. can. It's not that we've shot ourselves in the foot. We've gone full auto and are literally just riddling our body that is the United States with bullet hole after bullet hole after bullet hole. We are not content to simply shoot ourselves in the foot. We will not be content until we have completely obliterated every single potential for any U.S. entity, whether it's institutional down to the citizen, to be able to do anything at all olive and and this uh, uh, coin flips selection of the United States as the first deployment, you should have gone to, I don't know, El Salvador or Honduras or Nicaragua and Central America somewhere because you probably have an easier time dealing in Nicaragua than you would with the United States. Not in this environment. These guys are, screw these guys. Sorry, dad. Kind of got got a little on my high horse there. The Bitcoin transition. How hodlers can become changemakers and drive adoption. Maybe Joe Hall has a way out of this. Cointelegraph. If Bitcoin were a country, it might be one of the biggest in the world. That's according to Jeff Booth, General Partner at Bitcoin Venture Fund Ego Death Capital and author of The Price of Tomorrow, Why Deflation is the Key to an Abundant Future. Cointelegraph spoke to Booth to better understand and visualize the Bitcoin movement's state in 2023. Booth sat down to enjoy a pint and a chat about Bitcoin in Bedford, a small suburban town that has attracted Bitcoin advocates and key opinion leaders from all over the world. Booth commented on the emergence and resilience of the Bitcoin community and how people can get involved personally in the decade ahead. Booth suggested that the Bitcoin community could usher in fundamental change to the world if its members dedicated more of their time to the cause. He said that change would be spurred, quote, if all of those people just said, I'm moving and spending more of my time in this to massively step change the adoption rate, end quote. The Bitcoin hodlers are the backbone of Bitcoin. However, If more of those people could actively use their Bitcoin, the movement could pick up steam and reach its goal faster. Booth argues, quote, it would be staggering if the people that were just holding as a hedge decided, I'm going to advance. I'm going to spend more time in the world I want to see and move their time and attention there. The world would move there. I saw it in myself, end quote. From simple steps like asking if merchants accept Bitcoin to businesses choosing to accept Bitcoin as a preferred means of exchange, there are certain moves that people can make to further the cause. In-person Bitcoin meetups also contribute. Booth commented on the impact of the Bitcoin-themed Real Bedford football team as a way to introduce Bitcoin to a wider audience. Quote, Peter McCormick is using this vehicle to advance a whole bunch of other stuff, which is really cool, end quote. Peter McCormick told Cointelegraph in a separate interview that the Bitcoin movement in 2023 covers far more than the currency. Quote, it's Nostr, it's Bitcoin, it's mainstream media lies, it is poor governance and regulation. End quote. Nostr is a decentralized protocol championed by Bitcoin advocates. Nostr applications like Dama seek to compete with Twitter and other popular social media platforms. Boo shared that there are more and more ways to use and engage with Bitcoin since his initiation into Bitcoin sometimes referred to as the taking the orange pill. The Canadian observes observes that the payment network, the Lightning Network, and Fediment, a solution for shared custody, present more ways for Bitcoin enthusiasts to get stuck in. Moreover, a lot of engagement and interaction with these Bitcoin subsets takes place online. Quote, it's amazing how many friends that I've actually never met. And I consider them close friends, that over time you develop these relationships with these online relationships that you've never met, end quote. Booth added, there's something about meeting in person and spending you know that time going deeper doing this. And there's something about that that I don't think can be replaced online. Initiatives like McCormick's in Bedford help bridge the gap and encourage Bitcoiners to engage with their local community. Plus, given that Bitcoiners are currently distributed, you know, across the globe with communities popping up in Senegal, Guatemala, and Vietnam, Booth sees potential for local network effects to develop. Quote, how many Bitcoiners are actually just holding it and are waiting, he asked. That, probably quite a bit, Jeff. If the hodlers and those holding it, Bitcoin, as a hedge, decided to spend more time in the world that they want to see and move their time and attention there, then, as Booth concludes, the world would just move there. I, I I get what he's saying, and he's not wrong. I like Jeff Booth. I like Jeff. I like Jeff Booth quite a bit. I mean, he's an interest. He's an interesting Joe. Um, but I think what's he? I don't, I'm pretty sure Jeff did not miss this. But it's down here at the bottom where he says, like uh, this one not him but the the article says plus given the bitcoiners are currently distributed across the globe with communities popping up in senegal guatemala and vietnam booth sees potential for local network effects to develop i see global network effects developing because of that's what i see that's my that's my gut he's not wrong yes of course local development is going to occur but the fact that i have a shelling point between myself and a guy in Honduras, our 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 worldviews, our past experiences, our histories, our cultures, our food, our music, our dress—everything is different between me and a dude in Honduras. Yet we have this one thing in common, don't we, do we not? We have Bitcoin in common. I don't speak Spanish, although I. Should and I'm actually kind of embarrassed that I don't because I took nine years of Spanish in grade school. You'd think I'd know something. So that's either me just unable to assimilate new information as a child, which makes me probably retarded, or the school system is that jacked up. In either event, I don't speak Spanish. Maybe the the dude in Honduras doesn't speak English, yet we can connect with each other over not a Bitcoin transaction. But what we see Bitcoin as being, like two people that are looking at the same elephant, right? We see the same object. We may not be able to communicate with each other directly about the object, but we can somehow or another agree that there is this object, it has a certain shape. Maybe we use hand signals. What I'm getting at is that now me and this this Honduran, we have a shelling point. That's the same shelling point from the guy in Guatemala. And now we have three people that are viewing this object. And now there's a guy in Vietnam and New Zealand, which effectively New Zealand is is part of the West. So very much have a shared language and culture and whatnot like that, even though it's slightly, you know, there's aspects of, of it that's going to be different between me and the Kiwis, but they wear jeans. They know what a hamburger is. All right. It's, you know, it's like, they've probably heard Pink Floyd. I, I'm just saying, okay. The, the global networking that's available to us right now through tools like Bitcoin by itself is phenomenal. And then you stack on top of on top of that. Right? And you stack the fact that all of us are being lied to. That's... Three shelling points. Two of them sit so freaking close together that it's not even funny. Noster and Bitcoin. And the fact that we all recognize that the mainstream media and the legacy financial system have been lying to us for decades is becoming so self-evident that that shelling point is probably moving closer to Bitcoin and Noster than even I imagine. But the explosion that will occur once critical mass has been achieved will make a fusion detonation look like a walk in a park. Let's run the numbers. CNBC, Futures and Commodities, First Republic, most likely headed for FDIC receivership sources say shares drop another 40%. (laughs) 13th largest bank in the United States. Ladies and gentlemen, 13th largest bank in the United States sitting on assets and liabilities. It was something like north of a hundred billion. I've heard as much as $200 billion. Did I say one billion or a hundred billion? It was a hundred billion that I thought I saw. And now I've heard stories that they were sitting like last year on $200 billion worth of liabilities and assets and whatnot. Okay. So Now they're going to go to FDIC receivership. So will FDIC make good and make every depositor whole? And how will they do that without printing a shit ton of money? Especially considering that Jerome Powell wants to raise interest rates by, you know, 25 bips, Which will do what to the assets that the banks are sitting on trying to shore up their balance sheet? It'll depress them. You want to talk about being caught between a rock and a hard place? This is like a pinball ball being stuck between two bumpers and it keeps going ding, 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 and it just won't fucking stop. That's what this is. So now commodities. Oil, West Texas Intermediate, up 2.33% to $76.50. Brent North Sea, likewise up, but only 1.38% to the upside. $79.45. Natural gas, also up 1.36%. $2.38 per thousand. Gasoline, also up 1.13% to $2.56. Gold is up 0.11%. However, no, actually, it's just flipped down to 0.01% to the downside. Just a hair under its $2,000 Oh, breakout limit. $2,000 per ounce seems to be the level that nobody who has suppression leverage on gold wants it to ever cross. $1,998.98. Silver is up 0.11%. Platinum is down a third. Copper is up scant. Palladium eh, up a half. We got ag is pretty much up across the board, except for the only loser today being coffee, 1.3% to the downside. Biggest winner today going to be rice, 1.7% to the upside. I got live cattle up 0.11%. Lean hogs are up damn almost 2%. Uh, Feeder cattle, however, are down a third of a point. Dow is up 0.65, S&P up 0.68, NASDAQ is up 0.31 and S&P mini is up almost a full percentage point. What's real money doing? Chilling out at $29,204.82 and that's after almost 500,000 transactions were made. Uh, what was sent? Oh, 344,000 BTC have been sent around the horn in the last 24 hours. Average transaction value is 0.71 BTC. Uh, median transaction values are still really low. 0.0041 BTC or about 118 bucks. Um, I'm pausing there just to, to make it very clear to everybody who's listening to me. Any of you new guys that have been out that are out there that are listening, that don't know that I've been reading this market report the same way for four years. This is the lowest average or median transaction value. What's median versus the average transaction value? Average transaction value is across the board from the lowest transaction value to the very tip top, you know, the highest, like somebody sent a hundred Bitcoin or something like that. Yet you take, you add those two together and you divide it by two, and that gives you your average. A median is very much different. It's like an average, but in my opinion, it solidly kind of weights itself to the lower end of the spectrum. And in our case, when we talk about transactions, how many people are sending 100, you know, 100 Bitcoin around the horn or, or 10,000, not many right? But that swings the average price and skews it higher. When me and you were doing transactions, it's because we're buying coffee or we're buying an amplifier, or maybe we're purchasing a, an old car or we're cashing out like just to, to make rent, you know, and get like 1500 bucks, whatever. Okay. don't Don't get mad at the guy for having to cash out to pay rent. I'm just saying that these are, more the median, the more pedestrian type transactions. The median transaction value for like the last three years have been essentially $300. I've seen, I have yet, I've not really, I can't remember, let's just put it that way. I can't remember the last time that I've seen multiple days in a row of very, very low median transaction values. I think that's trying to signal to us something about the psychology of the people that are holding Bitcoin. They're just getting to the point where they're unwilling to spend it. Maybe they feel something. Maybe the, one of the news stories that I read at the, about the PCE was right, that there's a bullish trend in the making. Who knows? I, I don't care about any of that, but this is flashing me a signal When somebody is not spent, when the median transaction value is not 300 or 400, but is like $7, $70, 118 bucks, that's a notable shift in general sentiment. And that means that it's signaling us something. Exactly what it's signaling is up to your interpretation. I think people are like going, holy shit, things are getting rough. I don't want to spend any of this yet because of what's about to come. I think that the people that are spending Bitcoin are looking across the horizon and seeing a burning ship sailing towards them. And they know it's going to crash land on the beach with such ferocity, such velocity that the burning bits will cover the town and start everything else on fire. And what they're doing is trying to figure out a way to get away from that shit rather than hanging around the village. Spending their money. I could very well be wrong, but I don't think I am. Block times are slightly low. Nine minutes, 52 seconds. I got 0.31 BTC taken in fees on a per block basis. And whew, holy shit, 46.2 BTC taken in fees overall in the last 24 hour period. With an almost 11% increase in hash rate, we are back to 343 exahashes per second. Your shitcoin indicator is doge. United States pennies. So that will tell you what the rest of the shitcoin field is doing. We have a $566.1 billion market cap. That is four and a third percent of gold's entire market cap. And if you so choose, you may now purchase 14.7 ounces of shiny metal rocks with your one Bitcoin, of which there are 19,358,468.21 of. And 5,382.87 of those sons of bitches are chilling out in the Lightning Network valued at $157.4 million. We got 73,965 payment channels that we can see and 65.8% of all the Lightning Network is being run over Tor. I got a minus 4.1% estimated difficulty change on May the 4th, 2023. Let's look at Mempool, 55 blocks waiting to clear. And they contain 127,982 unconfirmed transactions. Holy shit. Uh, 16 satoshis per V-byte is your low priority transaction rate. You're going to be paying 21 satoshis per V-byte for next block access. That's going to cost you about 86 United States pennies to get that shit done. Now, on to Fountain. And I'm no longer number 10. You guys got me back up to number six after yesterday's show. Can't thank you enough. But if you want to listen to the show, if you're you're listening to this show on a legacy podcast app, stop it. Just stop. There's no reason for you to do this. There's no reason for you to be stuck and chained to the wall of the cave that Plato kept trying to describe to us all. No, 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 no. No, no. Go get yourself A brand spanking new, shiny, chrome-lined, hand-painted podcasting 2.0 app. And you can do that at podcastapps.com. That's podcastapps.com. You can also go to newpodcastapps.com. You can also go to nude, as in I'm running in the nude podcastapps.com because it redirects to podcastapps.com. There you will find... Podcast apps that are new, shiny, and Bitcoin 2.0 enabled. And you will be able to do things like, oh, I don't know, stream me Satoshis while you listen to these dulcet tones. And also give me boostograms, of which I have a couple. Let me see if I can get to them. You never know. You never know what's going to happen. This is from episode 714 entitled KYC Your Soul. Debowski with a boob boost, 8,000. 8, and 8SAT says, changed my handle to your pronunciation. The dude abides. Oh, I didn't mean to ask. I didn't mean that to happen, but hey, knock yourself out. Petar with the striper boost, 7,777 Satoshi says, Lion Ted is hodler. Who would have thunk of it? Nick underscore dose with a big 6,789 Satoshi boost says, cheers. Now for the Nostra report. The Nostra Report view from above, April the twenty-seventh, twenty twenty three, block height seven eight seven two seven four, Moscow Time 3386. Quote of the day, we already have people, notes, posts, highlights, stalls, products, musics, file, all the other stuff will follow. Companies, drugs, recipes, cars, TVs, games, Excel tables, and you name it all visible to any new app, all addressable, composable into new experiences. And that's what Brujman had to say about Noster. Now, tune in to Pleb Chain Radio with Avi Burra and QW this Friday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time, UTC-4. They are joined this week by special guest, journalist, and senior producer at Reason.com, Weissmuller. Discussing his work on decentralization, media, gatekeepers, Bitcoin, Noster, and much, 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 more. Also, don't miss the lightning round recap of this week's notes and other stuff with Noster Report. And you can go to uh, uh, it, but that that radio show. Go to Noster Nests with an S, like a Noster nesting. You know, like I'm, I got a Nostr and it puts itself in a nest. Noster Nests, plural, dot com. Forward slash pleb chain radio. That's forward slash pleb chain radio. Go listen to it. Tell Avi and QW that I sent you ass. Now, cloud fodder. <clears throat> Prior to Vitor's announcement, a fork of the Amethyst client was released to remove follow blocking and hotwire images so they post both NIP94 and a URL at the same time. With the images no longer being an issue, CloudFodder advises there is less need to fork. However, it is still available for those who wish uh, notes to have auto-blocking. Right. They're talking about this whole war that's going on. I, it's not, I even, I'm i not even going to give it that. A kerfuffle. It's a kerfuffle between, you know, uh, the JB55 and Vitor, which is the lead developer, I guess, of, of Amethyst. And there was a a, a, people were throwing a fucking conniption fit about Nip ninety-four and nip ninety-five being enabled. So Derek Ross during a brief nest and Vitor Pamplona announced that the official Google Play version of Amethyst will not have NIP 94 and NIP ninety-five enabled by default. The new features remain optional for users who wish to use it. Sounds like a compromise had been made. I honestly didn't follow any of that. I saw like a whole bunch of people shouting about NIP95 and I'm like, ain't nobody got time for that shit. So I just said, no. Now, Spiral has issued to date 70 plus grants worth $7 million to 40 grantees and 10 projects across 20 and more countries. A dozen now work full-time Bitcoin jobs read all about the importance of FOSS, the grant process, and how to support their work. Jack says he's so proud of the team. He shared or reshared a video of spiral grantee testimonials. And I'm not going to give you the YouTube thing because it's just a mess, right? No, anyway. Uh, Joe Nakamoto updates us on his Coinbase saga where Brian Armstrong apparently rugged him of $100 because he didn't know the difference between an email address and a lightning address. Here's the original note and the update. Guy Swan, the Guy Swan, orange pills his contractor and shares the story and some tips. Nice, good job, Guy Swan. Sir Sleepy, one of my favorite frogs on Noster announces that all slots for his 24 hour Noster nest are filled, son of a bitch. See his timeline for guest name announcements and times when each will be on the show. Uh, Pablo F7Z and Anghala had a heart-to-heart. He shares his podcast with Preston and she hints at being a fed. <laughs> no, okay, so that's cool. But Sir Sleepy's uh, 24-hour marathon Noster Nest is going on. So it's S-E-R-S-L-E-E-P-Y at Sir Sleepy. You can find him on Noster. I also believe he's over on Twitter, but I wouldn't know because honestly, screw Twitter. That's gonna do it for the more, or no, that's gonna do it for the weather report. I columba. Welcome to part two of the news that you can use. And I'm here to pump you up. Bitcoin a miner Bitfarm's hits new hash rate high amid Argentine expansion. I'm pumped about this. Is it because of mining? No. Is it because of BitFarms? No. Is it because they have a new hash rate high? No. It's because it's in Argentina. The Texas of South America. Decrypt.co Alice Key has this one. Bitcoin miner BitFarms has hit a new milestone after growing operations in Argentina, the company said in an announcement to investors. on Thursday. The group hit a hash rate of five exahashes per second, meaning five quintillion hashes per second, were indeed achieved. The all-time high was attributed to the expansion of production at its farm in Argentina, which was first fired up last year. The facility in Rio Cuarto immediately boosted Bitfarm's hash rate to 4.1 exahashes from 3.9 when it went live in September. This has continued to increase as the business takes advantage of low energy costs in the region. The most recent increase came as 2,100 new miners were energized earlier this week, while some existing miners who had been underclocked were brought to full capacity. Quote, this exciting moment reflects our team's hard work over the last two years, resulting in our largest, most advanced, and lowest cost facility, said Joff. Morphy, CEO of BitFarms. Joff, if I mispronounce your name, I'm indeed sorry. He added that the business is now targeting a hash rate of 6 exahashes per second by the end of this year as it takes advantage of further expansion opportunities. The company has already purchased another 6,200 new, brand spanking new Bitmain and MicroBT miners, which Chief Mining Officer Ben Gag- Gag- Gagnon said earlier this week would shortly be in transit and should bring the business's total hash rate to 5.7 exahashes once activated. Even more orders for new equipment are currently in the works. They just, they won't quit. Energy costs for the site are currently expected to be below, get this, three United States pennies per kilowatt hour. Dude, dude. Bitfarm CFO Jeff Lucas explained giving Bitfarm's a best-in-class average cost of Bitcoin mined. Bitfarms, which is listed on both the NASDAQ and the Toronto Stock Exchange, has a total of 10 mining facilities across Canada, the United States, Paraguay, and Argentina. While the company uses hydroelectric power to mine Bitcoin at its other sites, the Argentinian location uses natural gas. Oh my God, they're going to kill us all! The Argentinian project was first announced in April of 2021, with the initial contract due to last for eight years. Natural gas, how dare they? How dare you? How dare you? Where's my pigtails and my glass of wine? How dare you burn that funky natural gas in my presence? No, no. And it gets even worse, ladies and gentlemen. As if Bitcoin wasn't dead enough already, The Hamas military wing is going to stop accepting Bitcoin donations. Whatever shall we do? For fuck's sake. Coindesk.com. Who's writing it? Oh, good Lord. Sandali Handagama is the author of this piece. The military arm of the Palestinian militant group Hamas will stop accepting donations in Bitcoin. News outlet Shahab, or Shabab Shahab, whatever, reported on Thursday. The outlet cited a message posted to a Telegram group believed to be run by the military wing Izz ad-Din al qassam Brigades. Hamas, which is listed as a terrorist organization by the United States and the United Kingdom, has been accepting Bitcoin donations for some time, apparently using platforms like Binance to launder the proceeds until the wallet was frozen. The brigades said in the Telegram post that it will halt Bitcoin donations for, quote, the safety of the donors, especially in light of the intensification of the prosecution and the doubling of the hostile effort against anyone who tries to support the resistance through this currency. Quote. In 2021, Israeli officials seized 84 digital wallets suspected of belonging to Hamas that held a mix of crypto assets including Bitcoin, Shitcoin 1, Shitcoin 2, Shitcoin 3, Shitcoin 4, and shitcoin 5 otherwise known as ethereum worth millions of dollars. Sit you were shitcoining Hamas, you deserve everything you get. But that's not I mean that that's actually the only reason I hate Hamas. And I'm not saying that I like them. Here's what I am saying. I have come to the conclusion as you well know over the last few years that I've been lied to by legacy media about, well, just about everything. I have no idea what the what Hamas is. I thought I did. I thought I was a, somebody I, like an evil person I could point to and say, you're the evil ones like Bush did, you know? But now I don't know. And I'm not saying that they're not evil. I just don't know. And the fact that I don't know means that I can't form any opinion about these guys whatsoever, except for the information that I just read. And even then, I'm pretty not sure if that's true, but it sounds like if anybody was going to be shit coining, Hamas would probably do it. And therefore, that's why I don't like Hamas because you're shit coining, right? I probably should not like them for other reasons, but I don't live in Israel. I don't live in Palestine. I've never met a guy from Hamas, so I don't know. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know who our enemies are anymore. I don't know who our friends are anymore. Hell, I thought it was France, but they're buying freaking liquid liquefied natural gas and not using the US dollar. Is the US dollar my friend? Well, I thought so, but is it? You see how this kind of confusion can really, if you don't have something like Bitcoin to latch onto, can throw you into a tailspin? Yeah. If you wanna know why all these people are acting out, and I'm not talking about Hamas anymore, I'm talking about the clown show, basically all over the world, but essentially concentrated in the West. They don't have Bitcoin to hold on to. They're not learning about it. They don't wanna know about it. They're forever lost. And I don't mean to not go try and save them. Everybody get, you know, want everybody in the lifeboat, but I have Bitcoin to hold on to. If I didn't, I would be reaching for straws just like the idiocy you see out there. But I don't know, just getting back to it, I just want to be very clear that if somebody tells me that I should hate Group X because of reasons why, I'm probably just not, I'm either not, either I'm interested and I find out about it all, I'm a lonesome or I shit can it and put it into file 13 because I just don't care. Let's see if I care about this one. Decrypt.co Jonah Elkowitz is writing, Robinhood launches Connect to link native crypto wallet to DeFi apps. Oh, that sounds like it's going to be fun. Robinhood has introduced Robinhood Connect, an update that will allow users of its crypto wallet to access their credentials and their funds directly from decentralized finance protocols and applications, all without having to open Robinhood itself. The new feature will give users the flexibility to access their funds in the Robinhood wallet directly from DeFi applications. Robinhood Connect, which developers will be able to embed in their apps, will make accessing DeFi more seamless for Robinhood users, the company said in a press release. And they, Robinhood has also announced a collection of new features, including a crypto home tab and blah, 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 don't give a shit. Quote, Crypto and Web3 have the potential to change the future of the financial system for the better, but we recognize there are still significant hurdles preventing broader adoption. Johan Kerbat, Robinhood's crypto general manager, said in a press release, quote, our conviction in the future of Web3 remains strong, end quote. Kerbat said he hopes that the introduction of new features will improve customers' interactions with crypto and enhance usability and accessibility. He said he aims to position Robinhood as the lowest cost, easiest to use on-ramp to crypto. The update reviews, or sorry, the update renews Robinhood's promise to democratize the financial system for everyone. And crypto presents an opportunity to help users diversify their finances and adapt to the world of Web3, according to the press release. The company said they hope Connect will make Robinhood Crypto the most trusted, lowest-cost, and easiest-to-use crypto on-ramp. Robinhood rolled out its much-anticipated wallet back in January with a waitlist of, get this, one million users. After letting in just 10,000 waitlisted customers to its beta in September, but a month later, Robinhood became one of many crypto firms to wind up in the crosshairs of the United States Securities and Exchange Commission when the regulator began investigating over its crypto listings and custody of assets. That's the end of the article. Why did I bring you such deep, a deep well of shit shitquintery? Because this has nothing to do whatsoever with Web3, with making it easier to do shit with DeFi, with your Robinhood or Robinhood making it easier to do shit with DeFi by direct connections. Uh, it has nothing to do with your, you know, any of the other shit that they said, except for the credentials. What is it? What is it? Ladies and gentlemen, this has nothing to do with their customers. This has everything to do with their customers' data. Just like the Robinhood of old, They're going to use the data because they're gonna be able to see it. It's their wallet. You're using your credentials to attach to DeFi and do shit in DeFi. They're going to know everything. They're gonna know what shit coins you got wrecked on. They're gonna know what shit coins you're like trying to make bets on. And they're gonna front run your ass. And then they're all gonna burn down and go to hell because the SEC is probably going to once the SEC has their hooks into Robinhood, if rob of these 10,000 people that are already doing this bullshit, right? Then the SEC's got their hooks into them too. And if a million people get onboarded to this shit, like the SEC's got a million, a million people that they can go and just give all the data to the, to the, you know, the IRS and if they're an American citizen, they're screwed. So this Stay as far away from this and anything like it as you can. How do we do that? We buy Bitcoin, we hold Bitcoin. The rest of this, pour gasoline on it and light it on fire until it dies. Maybe this will be better for Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey. Neutron Pay launches Bitcoin Lightning app in Canada, partners with Ditto Banks for remittances to El Salvador. Okay, I like this already. Neutron Pay, a Bitcoin and Lightning company, has announced the release of its mobile app in Canada. According to the company, Neutron Pay aims to provide fast, secure, and low-cost solutions for cross-border remittances using Lightning. Okay, it's the same model. The app allows users to send and receive Bitcoin Lightning payments, and it comes with a range of features, including Lightning Network Explorer, QR uh, code scanner, and a customizable address book. It also allows users to exchange Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies for fiat currencies such as Canadian dollars and vice versa. In addition to the release of the app, Neutron Pay has announced its first Canadian partnership with Ditto Banks, a Bitcoin and Lightning app in El Salvador. The partnership aims to facilitate cross-border remittances between El Salvadorian Canadians and their families in El Salvador. Neutron's Lightning powered app will allow Canadians to send and receive money to and from ditto banks instantly and transparently. Quote Cross border remittances over lightning are truly keeping more money in the hands of the people that need it the most, all while happening instantly and transparently. We look forward to supporting El Salvadorans in each new community which comes next for us. So stay tuned, Neuro Neutron Pay said in a statement. Put a tie on the suit, speak please. El Salvador was the first country. Yeah, we know, dude. So the only thing we really need to say here is that Neutron Pay is a Canadian company servicing Canadian citizens and helping their families back in El Salvador by skipping over the United States and going directly from Canada dollars to Bitcoin in El Salvador. That's good news. I like that. I'm glad that other countries are recognizing that, hey, the United States isn't the only people with... You know, El Salvadorans that are trying to make money for their families back home and Canada, Canadian company, Neutron Pay has stepped up to the plate. Good for you. Good for you. Binance to re-enter Japan via an acquired regulated exchange named SEBC, Prashant Ja Cointelegraph. Crypto exchange Binance is set to re-enter Japan after acquiring the regulated crypto exchange platform, Sakura Exchange Bitcoin. Binance acquired the exchange, a Japan financial service agency-licensed business, in November of last year, intending to re-enter the Japanese crypto market. According to a report published in the local daily, SEBC would terminate its current crypto exchange and brokerage services by May 31st and reopen as Binance Japan after June 2023. Users of the exchange must withdraw their funds before the deadline of May the 28th. Any funds remaining in these accounts will automatically be converted to Japanese yen by June the 5th and transferred to users' bank accounts. The users of Binance Japan would have to carry out new identity verification and know your customer checks. Binance's re-entry into Japan through an acquired entity comes nearly five years after its primary bid to obtain an independent license failed. Binance had to fold its Japan operations in 2018 after financial regulators warned it was operating without regulatory clearance from the authorities. So there you go, their Binance is dumping back into Japan, hardcore. And it looks like a complete evisceration of the exchange that was there before. There will be no conversion. You'll just have to sign back up. If you're already, If you're a customer of SEBC, get your shit off, get your shit out. My high, My highest recommendation is to convert it all to Bitcoin internally and send it to your cold wallet and stop trading shit coins. They're not worth anything at all. Now, finally up, Bitcoin Magazine, BTC Casey. again. BTC Casey seems to be the only guy writing for Bitcoin Magazine. This may have something to do with the fact that they're gearing up for the Bitcoin 2023 in Miami. Because I've noticed this last year that about a month out, uh, shit starts going south. Uh, as far as, not not quality, BTC Casey, Casey's a good writer. But the amount of people that are on staff to write articles kind of stop. Because I think it's probably an all hands on deck thing for Bitcoin 2023. But be that as it may, this is what we got. A new website lets you search for full text on the Bitcoin blockchain. Pre-Torino, wait, Preternio. Preternio? Yeah, Preternio, a full-text search engine for the Bitcoin blockchain, has been introduced, allowing users to scan for Bitcoin transactions that include readable text. Preternio. Sorry, I can't pronounce it. Why can't we have names that just make sense? Preternio is a platform that allows for the search of plain text within any Coinbase transaction, text-based ordinal inscription, or OpReturn script since the Genesis block. All data in the Bitcoin blockchain is stored natively in hexadecimal format and Preternio offers search results that are converted into a readable format. OpReturn is a unique opcode in the Bitcoin scripting language that enables data to be embedded in the transaction output without the need to spend any Bitcoin. This was added to the Bitcoin protocol back in 2014 primarily to allow for the creation of simple, low-cost, and secure timestamping services. OpReturn has been useful in various applications, including digital signatures, notarization, and proof of ownership. The recently launched Ordinals project has created a significant debate on the topic of immutable data timestamped onto Bitcoin, quote, regardless of where you stand on this issue the docs pages of the website states, quote, the fact remains that there is a shit ton of plain text buried in the Bitcoin blockchain, so Preternio was created to make searching for this text easier and more enjoyable, end quote. Preternio searches in three areas where plain text can be found quickly, inside a Coinbase transaction, inside an OP-turn script, and inside a text or HTML-based ordinal inscription. Preternio searches every block mined since the Genesis block to locate a match inside a transaction for the text pattern the user is looking for. The website offers various search options with the interface designed to be as user friendly as possible according to the docs. Uh, documentation is what they really need to say. Stop abbreviating shit, dude, you're confusing me. Users simply enter the text they are looking for and click the search icon and press enter. They can search for a single word, a phrase, or just about any set of characters. The Preternio doc, goddammit, the Preternio documents include search examples. The platform offers different types of searches, including searching for a single word or a phrase. Preternio will return results for any transaction that contains that phrase or part of it to match on an exact phrase, enclose the query in double quotes. The website, only does a literal search when enclosed in those quotes. Quote, this is important to remember. For search phrases with more than one word, Proternio will only return for transactions with all the words in the phrase. If a transaction contains one of the phrase words, but not all, it will not be included in the search results. Praternio aims to offer simple and effective search features that will make finding the right information embedded into Bitcoin faster and more convenient. So why does this matter? Hamas sending coded messages across the Bitcoin blockchain. No, seriously, that could, you could do that. You could definitely do that, but you could do, you know, things that, I don't know, aren't so weird, you know, and and spy crafty kind of things like enter in your baby's birthday. Like you can't remember the block number for whatever reason and you, but you will always remember the day that your baby was born. So you enter that in and maybe it'll search for the date and you know, or, or something that you said like, uh, you know, I, for my dear wife whom I love very seriously or some whatever in quotes, you put that somewhere in the Bitcoin blockchain. Can't remember where it was. This'll find it. Is there anything more useful? Well, coded words, it coded information that do not, I don't know, screw up other humans lives. Like, you know, like, like the whole Hamas thing, evident that they've killed people. I know that much as to the reasons why they kill people. That's not, I mean, you'd think that that would be very clear, but it's not. So let's say that I'm not doing like, I want to have a protest. Right, I want uh, I want to have a protest, so I embed that in the Bitcoin blockchain, and then I just ask P, and then I put it in like a code word that says I don't know protest today. It's like you go and search Paternio for uh, uh, pro- protest today. And then that block will come up, and maybe there will be, you know, I have like the actual parameters, like, I don't know, standing in front of the building, sucking our thumbs, looking like idiots, understanding that we will get nothing done because we're standing in front of a building, sucking our thumbs. And that's the protest, because that's what protests have come to nowadays. They don't do anything. We're going to protest. Oh, fine. Have fun doing nothing. <laughs> have fun standing out in the middle of Washington, D.C. at 50% humidity on the po- banks of the Potomac fucking River in July and getting nothing done. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Anyway, so however you think that this can be used, then use it that way. Just try not to harm humanity with it. That's gonna do it for the morning roundup. All right, you guys, we're up on the weekend, so have a good one. We'll end it with dad says jokes. My friend asked me what the ninth letter of the alphabet was. It was a complete guess, but I was right. Huh? Huh? I should really do stand up with this shit. Somebody get me to Joe Rogan's club. I've got a whole set of this crap I can freaking sponge out there for you. Anyway, Go do good things and treat humanity well, and hopefully humanity will treat you as well back. Um, I do want to leave you with this one. I can't believe anything that I see anymore. All right, we're entering into an age where even if there's photographic proof or video evidence, I'm no longer believing that either. And I am one of the worst culprits of of spreading bullshit. Okay, and I'm not going to say disinformation because I'm not I'm not going to cotton to legacy media's description of of anybody that's got an opinion on something. But yeah, I mean, I've been I've been guilty of like just uh, oh oh, well, I'll just retweet I'll retweet this or re renote this uh, without even really looking at it because I've only had half a cup of coffee and it's like six thirty in the morning. Right, I've been guilty of it. But now it's gonna. I've got to really put the screws to myself and I'm asking you to put the screws to yourself as well. Stop believing everything you see. And if it comes from legacy media, whether it's social media or MSNBC or Fox or CNBC, whatever, immediately view it as suspect. And then you can say, what do I most care about? I heard 12 things today. I don't believe any of them. However, these three things I should probably look into more. Like when I heard on the phone from a banker at Wells Fargo yesterday that they were pretty much not servicing anything commercial below $10 million, and they weren't going to be doing anything like that until next year. I had to go search and find out if that was actually true. And What I found out is that not only that, Wells Fargo has been divesting themselves from the mor- home mortgage lending services since last year. And I think I might have said that yesterday. If I didn't, that's a little fucking addition. But essentially, Wells Fargo also said this. Go find a credit union. Maybe they've got some commercial services that are more along your lines, which means under $10 million. And that I don't blame her for saying it. She didn't say it like that, but I don't blame her. She's just make. She's just functionally, factually telling me what the hell's going on. She's like, unless you're planning on buying a ten million dollar strip mall in Reseda, California, or something like that, you ain't doing nothing with us. That means all the retail is cut out. And so she suggests that maybe there's a credit union. And and she's like, I was like, I. But when she said that, I was like, shot in the dark. Do you know anybody who'd be interested in helping me facilitate something at this level? And she's like, yeah, our small competitors. Well, what's happening to the small competitors? They're getting eaten up. And she also said of their large competitors, which would be J.P. Morgan, uh, J.P. Ch- or Morgan Chase, uh, Bank of America, the big, the rest of the big five. She said, and I don't know if I said this yesterday, but she said they were doing the same thing pretty much as well. They were like not even interested in commercial real estate at the lower. Levels that would be considered retail, like me, me and you, we're retail. All right, we're not institutional. We're retail. We're the scum. We're the plebs. We're the ones that go to the mall and and buy the seven-dollar cookie at Great American Cookies because we're fucking stupid, right? No, no, no. We're retail. There's no recourse for us to be able to buy a condominium, or uh, maybe a fourplex, or even a very small, you know sub $1 million strip mall that's got like four retail spots in it. No, there's, that's, that doesn't exist right now in the United States. The ramifications of that are extreme. There are people in retail that want to invest their money, but the only thing retail can invest their money in is what? The stock market. This is like the last three years all over again. It's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. I look at Bitcoin now as something slightly different than I did up until a few days ago. It's a ring that I can put my hand on and hold like the last link on a rope before I fall into the drink, right? It's a handhold. It's a psychological handhold. It's real. It's backed by a shit ton of electricity, which in turn is backed by a shit ton of electricity generation, which in itself is backed by a shit ton of fucking infrastructure that weighs tons. Has to be trucked in. It had to be placed. Workmen had to get paid to be able to place it. It had to be connected by electricians. There were labor unions involved. Right? So anybody who tells you that Bitcoin's backed by nothing literally doesn't know the first thing at all about how Bitcoin works or what it is. They're either that or they're just willfully ignorant because it is backed by all that. So yes, it's real. It has value. It's backed by a whole bunch of shit, not just something, but a whole bunch of something. But it's also acting as something I can hold on to when when the wind is blowing so hard and it's lifting houses, you know, off of their foundations and blowing them right by me. And all I can do is hold on to this fucking ring and hope I don't get hit by a house tumbling end over end like a tumbleweed in West Texas. It provides me that. It's a real thing. You too can hold on to it. And if you've got friends that are freaking the fuck out about this, then maybe that's a possible approach that you can say, look, just buy 25 bucks a week in Bitcoin and then spend the time instead of being scared about what you cannot control. Use it to learn about something that you do control. Now, I don't we don't control the consensus rules. We can't make more Bitcoin happen if we want to, but we can control the Bitcoin that we have. It's pure, unadulterated control, but only if you hold it in a cold storage keys provided by like, you know, coin kites, cold card. All right. That gives you utter final ultimate control over something. When everything else is blowing around you, like a dust storm in West Texas, you've got this to hold on to. It's important that you don't sneer at that. It's important that you recognize it for what it is, a lifeline, a psychological lifeline, And as we enter into this next phase, which will be marked by whatever the hell Jerome Powell decides to do, that lifeline is going to remain just as important, if not more important, because Jerome Powell is going to increase interest rates. And that is going to depress the world's reserve asset class that is the United States Treasury that will have negative and deleterious effects on what's left of the banking world in the West. Russia and China and India and Brazil and South Africa and probably Iran and God knows who else is next on the list are going to continue to not have those problems. Maybe China. But honestly, I don't think they give much of a shit at this point. Otherwise, they would have already cut and run years ago. That Take that part with a grain of salt. But I am saying that when 25 BIPs occurs at the next fed meeting, you're going to see another round of bank closures. There's no way they could have shored up their balance sheets. Their balance sheets are made up in the majority of these banks. The majority of their assets is the U S treasury. It's guaranteed to lose value. When Jerome Powell starts talking, it's going to be a new round of banking shit. Buy Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, and then hold Bitcoin again for psychological reasons. I'll see you on the other side. This has been Bitcoin And, and I'm your host, David Bennett. I hope you enjoyed today's episode and hope to see you again real soon. Have a great day.